Peggy 18. The bridge is protected by an ancient gnomish trap. There is a precise formula we must follow so as not to trigger the mechanism. What's the formula? It's quite simple. Starting from the center, use odd-numbered blocks only, moving forward with each step except for every fifth step, which must be a lateral move. Left or right, it matters not, so long as the leader and the laggard remain equidistant, after which proceed. Again, odd-numbered blocks only. However, at the midpoint, we switch to even-numbered blocks. Same pattern except now lateral move off to the fourth step, until we reach the three... On the bridge. Production values. That's what Len's for. Len is production values. Len's all about the production. Oh, I haven't watched a whole lot of Len's content. I've watched a little bit uh, at your suggestion. And uh, Len seems, of the two of them, the more reasonable. Like, he's, he's got his head on right about the ordinal stuff. Seems seems to have his head on right about the UASF stuff, so I don't know. Steve Robbins here as well. Robbins, the person that was contacting me uh, in regards to zero sync and specifically wanted to address claims that i had made about zero sync specifically that it was uh you know being backed by a company or that it uh, wasn't in any way related to shit coins and shit coin methodologies so hopefully we'll be able to have that conversation too yeah robin anytime you want to jump up we can jump right into that zero sync oh i have a lot of notes about you guys i can't wait to get into it yeah, I can't wait to get into that too because just based on some of the things that you were asking, it makes me think that like there's still some confusion about zero sync and how it operates. Well, also like the like how much resources it actually takes to actually implement uh, or or actually do these calculations. It's like well, do doing the calculations is something that like a centralized party can do, right? Like, yeah, like, like do you even want is. like what? Oh my god, <laughs> we're getting well, into like it's an asymmetric thing. Like it's an asymmetric cost <sighs> to produce the proof, yeah. versus to verify the proof. But what's, so, what's yeah, the like, point? Takes... If you're going to outsource the proofing and the verification to an AWS server, what's the whole? There's no point in doing it. It, it just... well, let's get Robin in here. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree that there's no point uh, in doing I it. I get it. I think that it's like a proof that has some some functional use cases. Yeah. It's just a Merkle tree proof at the end uh, of the day. It's all it is. And we use those all the time for all kinds of stuff. If you want to prove that something is in a given state without proving the whole of the state or validating the whole of the state, which, I mean, some people are going to want to do, that's fair. I don't force validation on everybody. Then, yeah, let them, let them do that. We also have Marcellus here, who is uh, really into the anti-ordinal stuff. And I can't wait to talk about that stuff with him. But Robin, you're on stage. Yeah, let us know what, what your thoughts are on what we're talking about with ZeroSync. Yeah, feel free to jump into the corrections you wanted to make. Now you can hear me, no? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I had to give um, my brother permission. Yeah. Uh, um... Um, yeah, first of all, uh, there is a big point in um, um, verifying um, a proof that was generated by AWS servers or something, because the entire point of a proof is that even if your biggest enemy had created that proof, uh, it would still prove that a certain state is valid. Like if the proof system is broken, of course, it doesn't make any sense. But as long as the proof system works, uh, it doesn't matter who creates the proof. Yeah, yeah that's, I understand uh, that as well. Like that—that's me saying I trust in the math, but 
but like for end but users that's exactly the point you, you don't have to trust in who created it you are trusting in the math and while you're not verifying the entire state you're verifying the tiny little bit of state that you want yeah i don't i don't ascribe to that as an end user because like i'm not doing the verification i'm just outsourcing it to someone else to tell you are doing a kind of verification it's just not what we would call like a fully like you're not verifying every utxo that's ever been and culminating it into a utxo state the only thing you can verify with such a proof is data availability you cannot prove that the blocks are actually available if you wanted to download them but you are definitely verifying all bitcoin con consensus rules that is as good as if you had verified it with bitcoin core i disagree at least in theory no so who is this for that's my that's my top question who is this for is this for retail is this for like like clubs or is this who is this actually for yeah, there's a huge asymmetry between um full nodes and bitcoin users there is estimated to be about like fifty thousand full nodes and there are like millions of bitcoin users so there is a huge asymmetry here um we want to close that gap by everybody Robin, this is where you and I get into troubles because you just kind of represented uh, this kind of Merkle tree proof as as good or better than validating every consensus rule. And it's not, it's not, it's validating something specific, it's validating something meaningful, but it is not the same as validating every single consensus rule as if you were running a full node. It is not as good or better than running a full node. It is not equivocal to running a full node the way that you're saying it is. And like, if we have more of these kind of uh, light verifying nodes that this is equivocal to running more full nodes and addresses the same concerns and, and sovereignty issues uh, and attack vectors as running a full node. It simply doesn't. So that's where you and I have a disagreement about some of the claims that zero sync proponents are making. Well, I said clearly you cannot verify data availability, but you can verify all other consensus rules. That's not a full node though. The full node keeps the proof and the data that went into that proof. Yeah. I mean, and that enables a number of use cases, true. But like, for example, you you are not verifying uh, the chain you're on. You're not verifying anything except for whether or not a proof matches a, a, some some data you have. And it might be for that, but you aren't able to use your proof to express sovereignty. You aren't able to do the kinds of things that are fundamental to having and owning a node. Like what? I just described one, like expressing your sovereignty on what chain you want to be on. Um, I don't understand why you cannot do that with a proof. Well, you have to know that the proof is going to match the uh, thing you're trying to verify against. You are blind to the network state. So during, for example, let's say that there's an active incident happening on the network, right? Let's say it's... Uh, 2013 uh, uh, Berkeley DB incident is one of my favorite reference points to you know how some of these light clients can falter. How does your node understand that there is currently a conflict happening on the Bitcoin network and reorgs are actively happening? Well, of course, you would just ask your peers if they agree. Oh, with so you, you ask and you trust your peers. So this is my point. You are not you doing the job of a full node. Um, I still don't understand what, at what point, like what consensus. How do you, through what mechanism are you aware 
that there is a conflict happening on the network if you are not actively accepting block messages, comparing tips, and well, validating the, UTXO well, sets. It's the same mechanism as with full nodes. Like you would ask your peers, and when your peers disagree, you so would... you're collecting a, a mempool. You're collecting like chain state. You're validating that chain state in an ongoing way from the last checkpoint. Like what are you talking about here? No, I'm, I'm talking about verifying the entire chain with the chain state proof. Yeah, and I'm talking about the tip, the ongoing tip. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, once you reach a checkpoint, then then you revert to like a typical full node behavior. Is that what you're talking about? Mm, I'm not sure if I get the scenario. You like cannot this. produce a proof that validates data that does not exist. As the chain extends, data that is outside the scope of your zero sync proof exists. How does my client, which is not a full node, it is running your proofs, how does it validate the ongoing chain state, the tip? How does it deal with conflicts in tip resolution, in reorgs? How does it do these things if not the exact same way a traditional node would, relying on your checkpoint, for example, would be the only way I could imagine doing it? In the same way as a phone node, like I would join the network and I would know nothing. Yeah? And now I have peers telling me conflicting tips, right? Like one peer says. So the full right node thing. is going to begin from the genesis block and begin validating to reach yeah. an end of both tips yeah. and then start evaluating based on proof of work, which is better. Uh, the proof of work is verified in the proof. But your it doesn't your proof needs to be generated, doesn't it? You yeah, need sure. to create the Merkle trees that represent this proof, don't you? I'm not sure. So what it you mean, extends but... to a finite period of time. This proof it must necessarily correct. Oh, you mean like that? It 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 proves only uh, it proves the chain only up to some some yes. block. You... Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, but you can keep extending it all the time, right? Yeah. Like, so what oh, you're just to paraphrase what you're saying, are you saying that once you've completed a zero sync proof, say to a checkpoint, that from there, you as a full Bitcoin node will pretend, verify as if you had done all the work up to that point and continue on as you would. So you start a new chain DB and you start processing blocks from that point as if you have the DB from before that. I start to get where, where the where the, the misconception is here. Like um, in our ID world, we will make it such that you will get uh, chain proof up to the current tip. Like it will be a matter of about 10 minutes or so you, but you will. So get do I just like every 10 minutes ask you for a new proof? Oh no, no, no. You would just like, it depends on what you want to do. Of course, like you can use chain proofs for all kinds of purposes. And the most simple purpose would be to bootstrap Bitcoin core, which means, which would work like, uh, you download the chain proof, you prove a UTXO set, or like you download the UTXO set from where, then you um, match that against your chain proof. And then you copy that UTXO set into your chain state folder. And then you just run Bitcoin core as you're used to. Yeah, I understand that. So now 10 minutes have elapsed. There's a new block. Yeah. How do I process that block as that node user? Am I asking you for a proof of what's in no. that block? In that case, you would just run 
on your full node as you're used to. It would be a pruned full node, of course. Because okay, yeah. So that is so it is what that is what I've been saying. That is what I've been saying. Okay. So I do understand what you're saying, and we're not yeah. so far off of the same page here, Robin. You're saying that you're going to do uh, a zero sync Merkle tree based proof of the UTXO set, which is a different thing than that already exists. This is just a proposal, as I understand it. Is that correct? The UTXO sync. Um, this is what we are aiming for, like. Aiming for okay, yeah. We have built a prototype of that, yes. Yeah, but okay. It's but you do have the um, block header based Merkle tree sync, both. correct? Both, yeah. Like still, the header, uh, the header tree is also. It's a prototype. It's oh, not it's a aspirational yeah. still. Yeah, okay, I understand. I understand. Okay, so both of these products, and there was a third product that uh, thing you're thinking it doesn't pop off in my mind. Uh, this, these are kind of like your roadmap. Yes. Okay. And to, again, just paraphrase so I know that we're on the same page here. We're talking about using Merkle tree proofs to uh, demonstrate that a given UTXO state at a given block height, maybe even the current block height, uh, is valid and that all the block headers to that block height are valid. Is that correct? Um, I'm not quite sure what you mean by Merkle tree proofs, but yes, there is like there is a Merkle-like UTXO commitment. It's it's. Is that not the basis of which um, the proof is constructed by taking leaflets of uh, transaction blocks, block headers, and hashing them into a tree? No, not really. Like it's using okay. a start proof. It's a it's an entire proof system that really it basically runs the entire Bitcoin code. Well, I know that the generating the proofs requires running the entire Bitcoin code. Yeah. But like, what is the process of the proof? I mean, how you create a proof or... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, if it's not like, say, a building a list of leaflets of data that you want to verify and hatching them up kind of tree, what, what are we talking about here? Because UtreeXO, I am familiar with UtreeXO. Oh. Well, um, we are using UTXO for the reason that uh, you cannot um, represent the entire UTXO set within a proof that is just intractable because yeah, you can't just put five gigabytes in a proof. So we are using UTXO to make it status, quote unquote, um, which means that you can verify a next block just with inclusion proofs without knowing the entire UTXO set. That's the reason why we are using UTXO. Oh man, okay, so UTXO, I do have a couple issues with just the model that they take in general. And so on top of that, you're, I, I, so yeah, I, I think what you're doing is valuable. I think that being able to make these light clients and spin up and like have no IBD is super, super interesting. Uh, and then you're basically running a prune node. I think that that's great, but like that doesn't solve the full node problem. I don't like I don't like the marketing that it is solving the full node problem. I don't like the marketing that it's like yeah. as good or better than a full verified node. That's that's where we get in trouble. For me, it's some kind of it's like an in between between a pruned node a pruned node with like a different verification method. That just that's my feeling. Yeah, kind of. I, I do have two kind of follow up questions on the details of how much resources this takes to do. Because oh. I was looking at a, a slide from your your MIT uh, 
discussion and there's there's one slide that it says it requires 100 gigabytes of memory and proving a full yes. block takes 3.5 hours so yeah it, unoptimized so unoptimized what so like where do you think that can go like do you think you can get that down in terms of gigabytes of memory and time you mean so like other people could provide proofs oh well, yeah, like definitely yeah that, that'd be interesting <laughs> Become a centralized proof um, provider or something like that. Definitely not. Um, we want to decentralize proving, and it seems possible. Like we have not tried to implement it at all, but we do think about it a lot, hmm. and we think we have a viable concept. And this is um, very similar to what other people's, uh, what other projects are doing. Uh, maybe you've heard of the Mina blockchain, which was like the first constant-sized blockchain, and they are doing a simple thing, which is just. Um, paralyzing transaction proving by batching them and then they aggregate those batches oh. into proof no robin no no <laughs> no Why first not? first like shit coins and scams two there is no such thing as a static size blockchain like uh, you've reached a point where you're just completely perverting the thing that makes it the thing that that's it's you're treating the the mechanisms it uses to solve problems as problems themselves it doesn't scale it's not supposed to scale it's an infinite append only ledger you're supposed to verify it from the genesis block can you prove limited things about state absolutely is the asymmetry of being able to prove something and validate that proof a useful tool absolutely it's fundamental to cryptography are you misusing the shit out of it yeah sometimes god <laughs> you guys jump down this hole okay. and go nuts with it well, quit me, the shit coin in. let me let me go back a little bit because i'm interested in can an individual do this and like because it sounds like you want to distribute distribute this to either an amazon web service uh a server doesn't matter who does it or, though, or like yeah, yeah i know I, i'm but i'm interested in individuals if they can do this and just from like 100 gigabytes of memory man like can you get that down to 30 gigabytes Mm. Well, it's uh, it makes much more sense to cut to cut down the work into smaller chunks. Okay, that doesn't really answer the question, but I, like I understand yeah, you your, your angle. Like I'm 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 more worried about okay, you're just going to distribute this to this work into a, a decentralized. Make it very simple. The in the end. It should be a network of just consumer hardware devices of just flaps joining the net. Do, do, do you know um, this project where they, they, they compute prime numbers, like distributed, I think, yeah, distributed. Mm, they're, they're trying to find prime. Uh, prime Let's twins. use folding at home as an example, because it's not a shit coin. It's an actual distributed computing project. It doesn't pretend to be yeah. decentralized, things like that. Yeah, that would work very well for decentralized proving. And since there is no trust involved, and since it's like we are always running behind the chain, it's not that people well, rely actually, on. That's an example of actually uh, distributed proving, not decentralized proving. That's the whole point. Well, it can be decentralized in the sense that there is no need that we do the proofs, right? Yeah. Everybody proving software can extend the chain proof. Like you can take my chain proof and extend it with the next block. 
And um, so there would be some kind of um, coordinator, but everybody could be coordinating is okay. And the coordinator can switch from block to block. Like it can, you can be the coordinator. It's like the difference the... between tracker-based torrents and DHT torrents. Okay, I kind of get that. Um, the question on the three point five hours per block is that accurate? As I said, it's very unoptimized. It's using tools that are very unoptimized. The entire setup is very unoptimized. Okay. Imagine what hardware you're running we, on. We, that a lot like we definitely aim for being able to prove blocks within 10 minutes in the end. Yeah, that kinda, it kind of needs to be better than 10 minutes. Uh, just yeah, cause, yeah, about 10 yeah. minutes. Well, like you're never going to catch is. up with the tip if you're... Of course, right. yeah. <laughs> but for the catch up, we could use some beefy servers. We could use ASICs or whatever. And um... See, that'd be fun like ASICs for your node. <laughs> that's that's kind of interesting. Once for the initial, to catch up with the 800,000 blocks or what we have. And then afterwards, we would use distributed proving to prove further blocks. See, do you not see how this is a solution in search of a problem that doesn't exist? Like well... you, could, you could just in a decentralized way, verify the blockchain. And you could just do that right now. Hmm. And instead of outsourcing distributed Ooh. workloads, uh -oh. like it's already a distributed <laughs> workload, just do the freaking work, Robin. Uh-oh. And you don't get it. I'm pretty sure I get it. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure I get the value in being able to sync your node without an IDB. Uh, I'm pretty sure I get the value in being able to have an asymmetric proof that you can verify very quickly, even if it does take three and a half hours to make. I think VH has a point that you being able to keep up to the block with something that takes three and a half hours for you to do isn't a great starting point. But I think that, like you said, you can just optimize and you can add hardware and you can whatever you do. I think engineering solution where your solution to that problem is to create a decentralized work offloading protocol so that you can offload the work of IDB verification or proofs so that users can verify it immediately instead of doing that work themselves is a ridiculous solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah, I would disagree. I think... Can we at least agree that I understand what you're saying? I'm not sure what you mean by a problem that doesn't exist because there is an existing problem that it's getting harder and harder to verify the chain. And oh, no, no, I disagree. That that is just, that's I don't. I mean, Lop suggested that that it doesn't. Um, well, it's certainly a significant thing and something that we're always very aware of is the IBD. It's a very big issue, and I mean, it creates costs for every new. I think it's over exaggerated. Node, but... Like I think running a node is an education issue. It's like a boots on the ground. It's not a technical issue. Um, it's more of a education boots on the ground issue. That's that's my opinion. And you're right that zero sync will help people run more light client style nodes, just as um, you know pruned disk space allowed people to run more kinds of nodes. But you're misrepresenting them, and I think that the whole solution architecture you're describing is a little ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's your point. I think there are lots of people who think it's it's otherwise. I'm sure that there are. I'm I'm often a holder of very unpopular opinions, Robin, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who agree with you. But my 
my concerns and criticisms are specific. So I I want to I want to give Robin a pull request um, because I I really do think it's kind of neat because you're you're basically doing another math equation to get the same result. So if if you were to if you were to do this on top of the current verification method, um, so you got two going at the same time. I know it's more work, but then you're you got two equations getting to the same place, if that makes sense. And, you I, and I feel like, do yeah, I want full I want, I want full and verify and and zero sync. I want both. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand that one. Well, it's 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 kind of like oh. Um, it's it's going two different directions, but arriving at the same result, and that's that's double verification right there, baby. That's that's my jam. I mean, but you're verifying against the same data set that they presumably had on their node. Sure, that's fine. So you're verifying that two people, including yourself, downloaded it, I guess, and validated it. Makes sense to use it in comparison uh, in in um, in combination with uh, assume UTXO. Like, you could use our chain proof to prove a UTXO uh, set. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it into your Bitcoin core node and- See, uh, I like that. I like that line of thinking. Go that, go that way, buddy. Please go that way. That'd be cool. Because <laughs> I mean, at that point, what we're doing and what you are fundamentally doing in my view, Robin, is you're creating part of the gradient set between not trusting at all and trusting with everything. And you're erring better than some light wallet solutions in that regard and that you're you know less trusting than a lot of solutions out there but i don't like some of these claims yeah you well, are kind of overselling the the full node this is a full node nah it's like a weird kind of prune kind of thing i'm not saying it's a full node i'm saying clearly you can very verify all consensus rules except for data availability yeah, it's just like a huge true. caveat. <laughs> it's like, well, except for everything I don't, that matters. You cannot verify all <laughs> consensus rules except for data availability uh, strictly through the proofs. That's You can do it through full node if you want to take your proof and then act like a full node. But like the proofs have nothing to do with validating all consensus rules. I don't know what to say against that because it's just not true. So. I mean, that's the point of the truth. It, uh, it proved that you have ran a node and that you validated the consensus rules for your node up to a point and that this was the state of that data when you created your proof. That's what they prove. That is not the same as you exerting your node's sovereignty and consensus and validating all the consensus rules yourself. It's not the same. It also doesn't protect you from the same attacks and it doesn't provide the same use cases. Fiat has gone over several use cases that are only possible in the full node. And we've talked in the past about the consequences of a network that perceives these as full nodes as we see in many shit coins, where there basically doesn't even exist full nodes anymore. And that's a dangerous slope to go slipping down. I'm not claiming it's a full node. Like people it's before good. you said, hey, it's not a full node. And I, I, I absolutely agree that it's not an entire full node. But I don't see why you say that it's not verifying all consensus rules. Except for well, so people seem to be having a problem listening. Uh, is there issues hearing us? Sorry, Robin, I didn't mean to interrupt your point. I made my point. I said uh, I would like you to explain why you think there is something missing except for the data availability. I've tried to explain that through through real examples, like for example, uh, you know, an, an active disagreement about. The, the block state and like like happened in 2013 i mean like that can go on for 
more than nine hours before people get their shit together and roll back versions. But yeah, about what happens of... to your proof when people are relying on it up to the block and they can't even determine well, that? That, that would be so during cool. a syncing period, wouldn't it? So like, ah, uh, oh, this is... And well, um... even during the syncing period, if, if you had lots of peers with them, where like half is telling you this is the tip and the other half is telling you that is the tip, um, even if not both of those opinions can be backed by a proof, um, if there's still like if, there, if if there's an un, unresolved conflict, you can just um, fall back to syncing the headers chain, and then you know who's lying. Yeah, like in, in the worst case, but there is no who's lying. There's just a competition for the tip going back and forth. Like it's not like somebody's lying to you. It's not like I, as far as I understand, you aren't appealing to like testimony of your peers as to what the, the chain state is. You're you know, you're not appealing to that. You are asking them for proofs. Yeah, exactly. And you're saying, okay, where's give me give me a, a block that is valid to the last blocks and represents the highest amount of proof of work in a chain. And then somebody else is like, actually, I've got a three deep chain that invalidates that one. Like we just orphaned a two chain the other day, and I'm saying that in exceptional events, this can happen for many, many, many hours. And how does that impact a reality where you are, as you say, uh, creating proofs in real time up to you know the most recent block? How is the user able to, how are you able to determine, are you not as the node runner creating these proofs, deciding which chain of these you're making proofs for? How do you handle Ooh. reorgs? Are you redoing your proofs? Like how does the user, the end user, uh, make these decisions as they typically have been expected to do how are they even aware of the problem well they would join the network and then they would ask their peers about chain tips and then if, if they differ, so just like a normal node they would like be processing the new new blocks from like a checkpoint that you have already. no not a, check, not a checkpoint checkpoint it's just like the same procedure basically as a full node is doing it Oh no, no. Okay, it is. It can be a checkpoint depending on at what time. They, I mean, what, whatever we want to call it, we don't have to call it a checkpoint. But the point is, is that we used we used your proof to get us to some point in the block history, some block height. And you're putting us on one chain or the other. Yeah. Oh, how do right. I how do I know that that's the chain that I want to be on? And yeah. if there's a maybe I want to be another three blocks. <laughs> So like, you have to I give us both options in, in a case of like a conflict. You have to give us like... I want to understand <laughs> how I execute my sovereignty, how I protect myself, how I be aware of chain state and select what chains I'm on. Okay, let me try to give an answer. So in the case that there is a chain, a chain split and there is only a proof for one of those chains, right? This is This is the scenario that we're talking about. Yeah, we have a chain split, and like both have like I don't know. Even you said in in a in a worst case, it could be like I don't know ten blocks or twenty blocks, a, a split of twenty blocks, and then you you only have a proof for one of those two chains, right? This Correct. is the scenario that you're talking Correct. about. Correct. Yeah? Yes. So I, I assume so. Like yeah, I'm I'm I assume I'm looking to you for those blocks header proofs. You wouldn't do. You wouldn't ask me. That would be a peer-to-peer peer -peer network 
on top of Bitcoin's peer-to-peer -peer network. Just like, okay. Um, so there's a layer kind of... that is uh, a communications network that's propagating uh, this proof. Yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with BIP 158? Uh, let me just double check. The um, um, the block filters. Oh yeah, this is a neutrino. Yeah, I am. Yeah, similar to that. Okay, so you're going to create a communications protocol layer to just propagate this information. How are they going to validate the state of that information in the exact same context? There's a hip reorgs are happening. Um, there is long chains of reorgs. Um, how do I know that this is happening and how do I pick one? Since you would just connect to the Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer network and you would also look for nodes that can send you a proof. And now you are connected to normal nodes and you are connected yep. to nodes that, that serve you a proof. Yep, and we're now connected you... to both layers. Well, it's the same layer. Uh, you would talk the same peer-to-peer -peer protocol with the proof nodes as you are talking with conventional nodes. Would you be just... using Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer messages? Yeah, just that there would be a few more messages the same way as um, Neutrino works. Okay, so they would be literally Neutrino block filter requests. Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, there would be proof requests or whatever you call them, but yes. Uh, the entire point is you would be still be you would still be connected with a Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer network. Yeah, you, you and... would. I'm just trying to determine are you defining new peer-to-peer -peer messages or not? Yeah, I would define new peer-to-peer -peer network uh, network messages. Okay. Yes. Okay. But this way, um, you are still connected to the to the regular Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer network, and conventional nodes could still tell you about the other chain. Okay, so your conventional node um, is through the zero sync layer. Um, yeah. It is being synced to a, a block height. Right. Yes. What now happens? Conflicting uh, chain, and then you would just, for example, if there is no proof for the conflicting chain, you would just download the headers chain for that. Okay. So my Bitcoin node, when it runs into uh, a reorg, it will disregard, uh, discard the blocks that it's reorging. In the context where I've synced through zero sync. My node natively, if the way that you're thinking of implementing this, it will simply uh, disregard up to the, it'll disregard the zero sync, I guess, because it's part of that reorg and re-download a zero sync for a different block height that it wants to reorg to. It needs to basically is like re-light re verify up to a different block height because there's been a, been a reorg, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so I, as if I'm brand new at this point, I can just disregard the in total yeah. uh, verification I've already done for the wrong block height, go back a couple blocks, do my reorg from that block height as if I had validated to it already, and then continue on. Is that right? Yeah, I'll discard everything and just download a proof for the other chain. So you, awesome. So, just so you're essentially you're giving the end user the ability to pick the block height they sync up to with zero sync. That that would be very nice. Yeah. That's what I mean when I keep saying checkpoint. I yeah. know that's not the right terminology in checkpoint. Actually, it means something else specifically, but that's what I'm referring to. I'm sorry, Robin? It sounds like as if it would be trusted, but it's not. Well, it's, it's you trust it because you validate it. 
Yeah, but there is yeah. no trusted body involved. That's that's sure. the point. And usually, yeah, there's a centralized them. body creating a proof, but you're not trusting them. So, Robin, what what do you think your timeline on optimizing all this and maybe rolling it out, maybe a beta? What do you, what do you think? How long? Definitely aiming for rolling um, some chain proof out this year, either the headers chain proof, but um, we would like to roll out also the um, assume valid proof that verifies everything except for the witness data. The witness data is going to be a bit more complicated because we will have to verify signatures as well. And um, yeah, signatures are expensive to verify in a stock and we will have to do some more engineering work to optimize that. Cool. We have plans for that and there's great research by, by Starkware how to do that. And um, yeah, we want to implement that too, but this won't happen in, uh, in this year anymore. But we will hopefully get a production ready headers chain proof this year. And do you think long, long, long term, maybe this becomes a feature in Bitcoin Core? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you I can use very it interested in that discussion. Bitcoin Core at all. Like you could have an external tool that does the sync for you and uh, downloads, downloads the proof and then downloads the UTXO set and matches it against the proof mm -hmm. and then copies it into your chain state folder. There could be just an external tool doing that. But yeah, it would be also easy to patch Bitcoin Core to do that. Yeah, I think that doing it separately as its own layer makes a lot of sense to me right now. You can get packaged with like, you know, the umbrals and whatever the hell else is of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're going to have to be your own repository for a couple uh, couple of years before yeah, years that, that, that kind of proves out. But optimistically, if you guys demonstrate um, fidelity long term, then I can see that happening eventually. But I would personally like it to be on top of the standard verification method like I've uh, already spoken to. But yeah. See, I don't see that on top uh, part. I, I see I like, like use cases. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I see like the, the more like light client use cases. I yeah. see like building on top of Neutrino makes a lot of sense to me. Um, using this for situations where fully verifying isn't an option or you need like a good degree of low trust right now that makes a lot of sense to me beats the shit out of trust in coinbase in their node uh so how about uh we give you five more minutes because i really want to get to marcellus as well we got some other interesting mm -hmm. people in the audience who have uh some pretty controversial takes as well um Mar uh, robin i really appreciate you coming up and talking to us because um, yeah, you're the guy. So do you want to, uh, plug your, uh, your website or, or any of your, um, your handles? Yeah. Um, yeah. Zerosync.org is our website. Perfect. Cool. And yeah, um, very interesting tools and technology. And, uh, the one thing I wanted to say, uh, like, like in your last episode, you called us shit coiners. <laughs> I can assure you for certain. If we were shitcoiners, we would make much more money. Like it's, it's certainly there is no shortage of shitcoiners asking us to work for shitcoins instead for Bitcoin. So uh, you can trust us that uh, we are definitely interested in uh, in Bitcoin. And well, that's good to hear. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested in verifying that. <laughs> 
Yeah, see, my understanding is that much of this technique originates in the shitcoin space. Is that incorrect? No, that's absolutely true. Okay, well then that's what I'm referring to, not specifically the Bitcoin devs that have adopted this NER, you know. Well, I can, I distinguish between shitcoins and like things claiming to be... Technology is not shitcoins, I completely agree. Completely. I really value the, the, the cryptography research done in the Ethereum community, even though I think Ethereum is a shitcoin. Honest to God, I, I strongly disagree, and I think the only thing that I've seen of merit come out of the cryptography community in Ethereum is, like, Ghost. Stocks are wonderful technology, and they came out of Ethereum. More sorry, less. what's a wonderful technology? Stacks? Starks. Starks. Stark proofs. What are Stark proofs? This is the proof system we are using. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think it's great technology and it has been invented in the Ethereum community and I think this is this is great work, definitely. Well, I won't comment on things I don't understand. It goes to show that we're just going to grab whatever innovation is actually out there in the shitcoin space yeah. and, and adopt it for ourselves. Yep, I, I agree. Okay, guys. Thanks. Thanks man. a lot for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thanks a lot, Robin. Keep your skin thick. You're gonna get a lot of this antagonism. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. buckle up. No, I like Bitcoin for uh, being that critic about new ideas. It's uh, it's an antagonistic it's ecosystem. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's how things get hardened, right? I appreciate you coming on and telling us what's what. Yeah, iron sharpens yeah. iron. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Bye. Cheers. Bye, Robin. Awesome. That was good. I liked that. Yeah. Robin, come back again someday. <laughs> Give us an update on ZeroSync when you're uh, when you're ready to launch. That'd be cool. Okay. Distributed computing. I can't even. Yeah, like you might as well like do it for the standard verification. It method. is fucking distributed computing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, okay, go yeah. on. Yeah, uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about ordinals and mempools and my goodness. What's yeah, Marcel has come up here anytime you want to jump in here, but maybe we'll just get started. Uh, where do you want to start with the, the bullshit? Now we'll talk about the mempool. The mempool's been crazy. Chunky, seen this chunky kind of mempool. Yeah, there he is, Marcellus. How's it Hello, what night? How are you doing? Doing great, oh, well. bud. How are you? To hear that, uh, well, what do you want to to talk about? How uh, much we dislike ordinals <laughs> and enjoy watching their failures. <laughs> How inept well, their design mean, is. In the end, in the end, they are just Bitcoin transactions. We don't hate them as much as to prevent us to do a, a hard fork. But still, uh, if we can disrespect them from our mempools, I don't see why we shouldn't do it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm interested in conserving my resources just as I'm interested in conserving the blockchain's resources. And while I might not have much say in the latter, save a fork, like you say, I can certainly conserve my own resources and keep exactly. them out of my mempool. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. So you, you've, uh, you're the one that started the order disrespecter patch. Is that right? 
Yes, well, technically uh, it was uh, Luke who wrote the badge. Uh, I'm basically a shit poster, nothing more, <laughs> really. But uh, I happened to show uh, his badge uh, back in February and I looked into it, uh, I thought a bit about it, uh, tried, uh, thought it made sense. But uh, of course, uh, Luke is not uh, very good at explaining himself, so uh, I thought about uh, lending him a hand with the shit posting and the, the threads and all that stuff. You've done a fantastic job. Thank you. <laughs> Luke's also banned from Twitter at the moment, so you're kind of carrying the torch on this. So uh, yeah, good on you. Yeah, basically. Mm. How do you deal with the fact that a lot of um, the people running your patch don't seem to understand what it does. They seem to think that they're in some way going to stop ordinals from getting posted. I, I think it's good because it gives me an opportunity to 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 teach them about it. I mean, I, I realize that the, the community at large uh, doesn't realize the kind of power that they have by running their own nodes. I mean, of course, you can stray away from consensus, but uh, still there is uh, a lot of uh, runway that you have uh, with twiddling with uh, your node. And I'm really happy to, to talk about it and, and teach people about uh, how exactly uh, this works, because it, uh, you're right, uh, there are people who think that just by running this patch, uh, you will be kicking uh, ordinals out uh, of Bitcoin completely, and it doesn't really work like this. But uh, on the other hand, there is also a lot of uh, standard, uh, standard net uh, rules already in Bitcoin Core. So I think it's a good opportunity to teach people about them and learn more about uh, how Bitcoin really works. Oh, I think that that's so fantastic. I also really get a kick out of the fact that Luke was originally pushing this too, just because he's also the guy that was responsible for the flag and core that allows you to quote unquote disrespect uh, op return transactions. Yes, right? correct. Yes, back in 2014, if I recall correctly, that's something that we discovered a few weeks ago. Yeah, I was watching. Pierce was going over how you rediscovered this flag. Yeah, because I, I don't really. I mean, I've been following Bitcoin for for a lot of years, but uh, I've never had the time to really dig in in the technology. So I'm really learning a lot of things uh, on the way uh, <laughs> since February. Really, isn't it wonderful how just asserting yourself into the process and having a voice and asserting your consensus through code? is such a good educator it just teaches you so much so fast yes i would say that i've never learned so many things about bitcoin like in the last uh, three months it's been fantastic really i mean i also get a lot of hate in twitter but <laughs> <laughs> because of the way that i run my account but uh, i mean it's fine i'm having a lot of fun <laughs> it's social media at the end of the day yeah. it doesn't matter it's code matters you can run whatever code to manage your mempool that you want you can even and this is really irritating some people you can even choose to delay your propagation of transactions if you want yes 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 uh, well, of transactions and of blocks uh, that's something that uh, occurred to me like uh, a month ago I think it was, um, who was it, uh, another developer that uh, has been helping Luke in testing the, the filters ordinals patch, uh, Larry, Larry Ruain. Uh, he said in a tweet that uh, when an respector node uh, has to validate a block, it has to uh, ask for the transactions in, uh, that he doesn't see that are not in, in its mempool to its peers. And this uh, 
slows down the verification of it. And then I said, well, slowing down the verification of spam blocks, it's a good thing from my point of view. So why can I delay this uh, on purpose? And that's the, the idea of or this law. You absolutely that. can. And it's a beautiful yes, of thing. Course, no, of nobody course. gets to tell you what to do with your node resources. You are exactly truly all this is it's out of consensus. So uh, you can do what you want with this. I love it. I'm so excited for more people to um, not only run order disrespect because I mean that's just one specific topic and one specific thing that's upsetting people. It's like you said, people are learning that they've got power through their nodes. I would love to see the developers of Core, and I don't actually see this happening, but I would love to see them adopt more flags just like the op return flag for things like certain ordinal configuration scripts. Uh, basically just looking for abused if if transactions that just are data dumps inside them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It would be great. Uh, I think, I haven't really looked into it, but I think that looks a fork of Bitcoin Core basically it does that. It, it adds a, a lot of, of Bitcoin nodes, correct. It adds a lot of uh, additional configuration options to to tweak your node. But of course, it's not ideal that it's a fork from a single person and not a Bitcoin Core instead. It would be it would be better. But it's true that it doesn't seem to be part of the culture of the current uh, developer team. I don't know what it is because uh, I believe it, it makes sense to give as much power to node runners as, as they can as they can have it there's a fear the there's a yeah. fear deeply rooted in the first thing that you said when you started talking and that's uh, of leaving consensus yes alternate yeah. clients can leave consensus and for core developers this has become a boogeyman that haunts them they don't want to give users UASF controls for their node because that's not a bell you can unring that could result in more clients leaving consensus, especially if they don't understand what they're doing. They would rather limit your ability to execute your sovereignty through your node if it means mm -hmm. that you could separate yourself from the network in any way, shape, and or And this form. is this is a microcosm for that. Yeah, this is a much larger issue. And thankfully, it's not as large an issue as it could be simply because we can run alternative clients. We can run nots, we can run, you know, whatever we want. We can run a UASF client for the given fork if we want. But they will demagogue and demonize doing that just as they will demagogue and demonize running your patch because mm -hmm. it's not safe, is what they'll say. Well, I mean, or the respector is, is plenty safe. I mean, of it you is. already have a data carrier, as you said, you have blocks only that disrespects everything. Or this low yep. really can be really. <laughs> and I can do a full really diff. Be, yes. I can do a full diff on the code base, and I can see exactly what lines you've changed. I can see how it doesn't impact exactly. anything consensus involving. Uh, you may have made a mistake. It's possible that yeah, I might you know have a node crash when it's trying to do something. Uh, but that's totally different and not the disaster end of the world than me running off on my own sync getting false information and my own consensus. So just just yeah. to jump in on that, um, four days ago, there was a pull request to add an inscriptions uh, filter option. Um, I, I pasted the link in the chat, you can take a look. It was kind of an interesting uh, test to see how Core would react. And it seems like they just closed the issue without commenting on it. Uh, so I wonder, do you have any thoughts on how that went down, Marcellus? Yes. 
Yes, actually, uh, Leo uh, tweeted about it, uh, and I answered him. Uh, <laughs> I really think that the, this PR is disastrous. Uh, I told him something like uh, PRs are meant to submit completed work and not uh, to them work on someone else. So I understand perfectly that they just uh, they just closed it. But uh, yeah, it would be it would have been better if there had been a bit of discussion. But it didn't happen. But uh, in the end, I, I don't think that this PR as it is uh, could be merged in any way. So this so was just surprised. very lazy political PR. Not lazy. I mean this ma this. <laughs> Uh, Leo has uh, his heart in, in the good place, but uh, I mean, he's young, he's been following me since since the start, and I think uh, he's just uh, frustrated and doesn't know how to code. But I mean, I wouldn't read past that. Yeah, it wasn't really okay. that well proposed. It was kind of just like a half-hearted, can we please do something about this? Yeah, um, And exactly. the, re the reaction was, yeah, the same kind of... Uh, energy is like no, like yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but in the other hand, if you if you submitted a PR like the data carrier uh, PR mm -hmm. from 2014, maybe that would haven't been closed as fast. I don't know. Because in the end, I I can code uh, C plus plus, so I can't manage this either. I, I love that you're life. inspiring people. I love like yeah. C plus plus. It's incredible. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, never done like, nothing like this before. It's uh, incredible to me too. You can do anything. Language, it doesn't matter. You absolutely could. It's just, you know, it's a three-month pump. It's more effort than it's worth sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, as for building in an option to get rid of, allow more expression of what I want in and out of my mempool, I, I really would like that. Um, I don't know what form the PR is going to take, but I love the idea that you're inspiring people to code on these things. Um, I hope that you're directing people to the uh, Bitcoin PR Review Club on Wednesdays. I think that that's a really good resource for people who even don't maybe know C++ yet. To okay, I don't know what that is, so if you can talk oh, a little bit. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link it in the... So uh, you can just Google Bitcoin PR Review Club and every Wednesday, so today they just had one, um, they do a IRC meeting where they go over Bitcoin PRs and they discuss how, from a maintainer's perspective, they look at this PR and what what they want to see in it and why it does or doesn't get merged and like have just general discussions trying to put people in the right headspace and familiar with code and syntax that's expected and style guidelines and things like that, preparing people to be Bitcoin core contributors. Okay, that sounds uh, really interesting. Uh, to be honest, uh, up until now, I've been working uh, on purpose uh, apart from Bitcoin Core because I wanted to show people that you don't really need to go through Bitcoin Core to patch your node and do whatever you want within reason, without striving That's away from, true. from uh, consensus rules. But uh, at some point, uh, to fix uh, this issue, we have to go to, to Bitcoin Core. So. Even if you don't want to deal with their it. politics, if you don't want to deal with the maintainers of core, like you're still going to probably want to use their code base and be downstream from them, kind of like Knox is. And like familiarity yes, exactly. is very valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I will take a look about, uh, at it and yeah, I will uh, retweet it or, or something. I well, I'm, 
less for you. You clearly, you know, are able to mince together what you're doing, whether you know C++ or not. But, uh, you know, you're, you're clearly inspiring some people. So maybe it'd be a resource that you can hand out to them, too. Mm, absolutely. Cool. Well, is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Ordinals? <laughs> maybe how they... Uh... They don't have an indexer and they're they're broken and like I can just go run some JavaScript and make transactions that mess with them. Uh, I don't know if it really makes any sense because I mean I don't know, but from my point of view, this is just a, a spam attack. I mean the point is to to clock uh, the mempool and to raise fees. Uh, I mean it's just a cost-effective attack. The fact that it can be broken in multiple ways doesn't really matter. I, I mean in the end they have the the sats to spend and they will do it even if the thing works or not. That's what I believe. Yeah, I can I, prove I it, but it's probably... my hunch. <laughs> Whether it's an attack from ignorance or an attack from malice, it's it's a misuse of Bitcoin. And like all misuses of Bitcoin, they're going to pay for the privilege until they run out of those sats that they want to spend. Exactly. So, I think it's great. I mean, it's it's funny because even the, the spam attack itself is shaped by, by these standard net rules because all these latest spam of uh, BRC20, it's a small OTXOs of... 546 sats that it's precisely the dust limit that it's another standard net rules i mean if these people could uh, could create one sat utxos i think they would be doing it but they can't because in all nodes there is a, a the the dust limit rule that it's another standard net rule exactly like uh, or this respector could be so, so hold, on, think, hold on a second. Uh, can you help yeah. me understand something here? So uh, mm -hmm. when when we're sending a transaction, that's say an op return or even okay. a witness script, uh, we we can ignore it. Like if we want to in our node, we can discard it because yeah. um, it's not a valid UTXO. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, I it mean, might be in the witness script example, but like an op return, for example, isn't a you can't spend that UTXO. Um, okay. These other ones do i have to care about them because like a lot of this stuff doesn't impact me so much because i can just kind of drop it from my validation process if i really want to i can flag you know i drop it from my mempool i can drop it from whatever i really want to do including if it's just witness scripts i can even drop it from validation like what, what about the you mean when they are already confirmed in blocks or uh, when they are in the mempool both 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 Okay, I mean, in the mempool, doesn't really care. You can run your node transactions. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. You could uh, write code to to instruct your node to simply ignore these uh, these UTXOs, but uh, as as far as I know, they can be spent too. I mean, it's not like stamps that use the UTXOs to encode uh, uh, image data. So they can be spent. Uh, in yeah. that case, I don't know if you would really want to do that. Uh, in the mempool, it doesn't matter because, uh, as we said, in the mempool you can you can even run with a, without a mempool and just uh, relay blocks. So it's, it's exactly. if, if I have to keep track of all these dust UTXOs, that's exploding the UTXO set, right? Yeah. Well, in a in a way, yes, because uh, the more they do this the more RAM you will need on your node to keep track of the UTXO set. 
So yeah. yeah, it's another way to, to spam Bitcoin and, and another un unlike, way to try to, to mitigate these things away. If, see, if I don't possible. need to do that with op return. If there's an op return, it doesn't explode my UTXO set. Yes, because op return is, uh, was meant this way. I mean, I think that when they introduced it, or I don't know if it was introduced from the start, but uh, the point is that what you put in an op return, it's not indexed in the UTXO set, so it doesn't spam RAM like yeah. uh, a regular UTXO does. So that's concerning to me about these, what are they called, BRC, whatever, dust yeah. spam tokens. That's that's a big problem. I want to ask a question here, and it's both to Noam and Marcel's here. Um, say we increase the dust limit by one Satoshi, so it kind of invalidates all these 546 uh, shitcoins. Um, Satoshi shitcoins. Um, would that be theft? theft mm. no not at all i mean what would happen is that the ones that are already committed on chain are still there and if everyone just to to follow with the with the with the thought experiment if everyone updated uh, their nodes all at once what would happen is that all these old uh, unconfirmed transactions that are still 546 they would all be dropped from everyone's mempool but then the spammers will uh, be able to continue by sending 547 uh, UTXOs, and this would confirm also. But uh, they could also send be... them directly to the miner if they could exactly. The miner but this, I, I think that this is an effective rate limiter. I mean, if uh, two months ago uh, Bitcoin Core had released a, a version of uh, Bitcoin Core with the filter ordinals patch, I mean, yes, they could still send them to miners, but uh, I don't think we would see 3,000, uh, 300,000 uh, uh, unconfirmed transactions of this kind in the mempool. I mean, I don't think mempool policy is a very good mechanism or even a valid mechanism at all for stopping transactions you don't like from being put in the Yeah, blockchain. maybe not, but uh, it's, a, it's a first, a first uh, option that you can have. Might then, be a fair uh, default. Like if we agree this is abusive behavior and we don't want our nodes yes, doing it. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, th there are already a lot of, of uh, rules of this kind. Uh, for instance, everyone, uh, most people know that uh, you can only send up returns of up to 80 bytes, and this is controlled with uh, another standard net rule. Uh, there is uh, somewhere um, a Bitcoin transaction that contains the lyrics of the Rick Ashley <laughs> Never Gonna Give uh, You Up <laughs> song that breaks this rule clearly. But really? what Yes, uh, I can find it for you. So <laughs> the, the op return 80 byte limit isn't a validation rule? It's not a consensus no, rule? No, the consensus rule is actually 10,000 bytes, I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And if you go to a miner directly with a bigger return, they will mine it for you. If, yeah, so long uh, as it's within consensus. Because yeah, exactly. any of these node policies, exactly. like, and that really should be the theme of this discussion. Your node policy affects you. It doesn't stop yes. anyone else from getting something in a blockchain. Correct, correct. But uh, if everyone or the majority of the network runs the same uh, policy, then it's what it's called a standard net rule, and this uh, really has an effect. Uh, as I said earlier, the, most of the spam, 
has the exact uh, uh, dash limit. I mean, they are uh, sending transactions as small as they can. If they could send even smaller UTXOs, they would do it, but they are stopped at the, at the dash limit. And in fact, I think I, I've seen someone, I think it was uh, Francis Pulo, that was uh, starting discussion about, about uh, raising the dash limit. That maybe this is uh, not as controversial as adding uh, filter ordinals. Yeah, he wants 10,000 in one. When, when 10,000 in one Satoshis. That's, that's yeah, his dash limit. <laughs> I don't think the dash limit's the right identifying and seclusion mechanism. Well, it yeah, could I mean be, it could mean, be one of them. There is a, a, very, a very clear pattern of Bitcoin script instructions that you can detect. Uh, it doesn't do anything besides letting you embed arbitrary data on transactions. Yeah, exactly. So it, is, it is the perfect solution. But for some reason, people are caught in the, in the psyop that this is censorship or whatever. And you have to explain it very well uh, so they understand. But... Uh, Maybe the, the only uh, thing that the raising the dash limit has uh, going for it is that maybe it's not uh, as controversial because it's already there. But uh, other than that, I think that the filters ordinals patch is much better to, yeah, to address this issue. It could be multiple standardness rules at the same time if you really wanted to ha to combat these things. And like I, I just think the big question here is is the majority, as represented by Bitcoin Core, is there political will to actually, you know, push back against these things? And I'm not seeing it. I'm just... I'm... I don't think that there is, and I don't think that there will be for the reason that the larger disincentive for doing all of this is what we're experiencing now. Them driving up fees, them creating a fake fee market that only punishes themselves, them breaking their own shit. It's like you said, it's it's incoherent. It's it's either an attack or such incompetence that it might as well be an attack and they'll burn themselves out. That's the current nature of it, and that's fine as long as the nature of it stays within the parameters you just defined. But this might be the attack that makes miners profitable profitable beyond the coin base and sure. like keeps us having a fee market permanently. I, I do and see on the I do see another scenario which is more malicious. So in my mind, what Marcellus is doing is preparing for that worst case scenario, creating tools and options in case. And I think that should be the mindset is hope for the best on this situation, but prepare for the worst because this is not the worst case scenario. It can get weirder in my mind. Yeah, yeah probably. depends on how much they want to spend, right? Like a well-funded attacker that wants to blow their whole wad real quick can do some pretty amazing things in a network that's for sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the kind of beauty of Bitcoin. Like it's a it's a it's a state machine secured by economics. I mean, not that all security isn't economics. It's just we're really direct about it. And you want to write to the state? You want to control what gets written to the state? I mean, that's for sale. Do it. We'll see what nodes do. Maybe we'll react, maybe we won't. Depends on how broke we think you're going to be. Yep, if nodes uh, learn that they can protect the network, because I believe that uh, a lot of node runners uh, just treat their node like a, maybe not a toy, but uh, like some kind of uh, prepackaged solution that you take from the developers and you run as it is. And, and yeah, they are not really conscious about uh, the the power that they have in stealing the the network uh, how they they prefer and even to defend it in 
in a situation like this one. Yeah, people don't even know about the configuration file. It's like, it's it's once they learn that it's like there's this there's this file you can set all these toggles, and it gives you a lot of power. Um, it's 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 a huge education opportunity. Yeah, probably even if uh, if uh, the filter ordinals patch gets merged in Bitcoin Core uh, disabled by default, like uh, Data Carrier did. Yeah, I think a lot of node runners uh, will still not know how to turn it on. Uh, but as you said, it's just a learning opportunity. I think that uh, as Bitcoin, uh, uh, how can I say it? This the more Bitcoiners learn about Bitcoin and how the intricacies of how it really works, the better and the more secure the network is. Because uh, maybe. Yeah, I maybe I'm very alone in this, but I think that the node runners are the ones who do security on the network, not the the miners. The miners you just are not uh, alone build. at all, my friend. You're in good company. That's well, I mean, you know, not a lot of not a lot of people uh, talk about this. But everyone is talking about security budget and uh, tail emissions and such bullshit. But uh, I think that the only role of miners is building the the blockchain, and even if they go wrecked, this is good for for security because when a miner goes wrecked it has to sell its stock of ASICs to uh, on other miners Absolutely. and this means the centralization of the of the hash rate see, so but it doesn't matter whether hash you... rate is decentralized this is not exactly thing exactly like they're paid security actors we're the decentralized part the nodes we exactly. hold them responsible we pay exactly. them they're just bouncers at the door Exactly, exactly. If there weren't uh, any full nodes, uh, the miners would do whatever the fuck they wanted. They would uh, change the schedule emission, they would uh, whatever they wanted. 80% so of them at one point tried that, to... that are assuring, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the block size wars, 80% of them tried to offload like their their costs of maintaining and optimizing their code and block space usage onto nodes, because they just didn't want to. They just wanted to like up the space of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but uh, I don't know, it's, it's like uh, no, almost no one learned nothing from 2017, but uh, doesn't matter. I will be beating the drum every day or <laughs> almost every day. I don't mind. I'm having a lot of fun. So Mar Marcellus, I will, I will comment on that because on Twitter, it does very much feel like we are in the minority. For whatever reason, the influencer Bitcoin Twitter class is not touching this issue. They see it as maybe radioactive or dangerous to talk about i don't know uh, so it's or maybe they yeah. they do a bit of mining on their own <laughs> maybe <know>. maybe they <laughs> but, are miners yeah. but i i find it strange that uh there's so few people on board with this angle of thinking when to be honest that's the majority thinking in this this chat um and in some other circles so I, I don't know. I'm just not seeing it on Twitter for whatever reason. Maybe that's. I think a lot of, of it comes from authority figures and influencers. When you know many of the core devs and many devs in general, who I respect a lot of these people, and I know that the community respects a lot of these people, and they say no, you know, we can't do haphazard things where random people make a patch and everybody just goes and downloads it and runs it like we have a diligence process for a reason we don't want to risk consensus issues for reasons this isn't safe just flat out not how we do things for good reason like that carries a lot of weight with people they hear that it's well reasoned it makes sense to them and it's coming from somebody that they trust 
Whereas Marcellus over here is like, it's your node. <laughs> it's your node. You get to do what you want with your node. And Core doesn't get to tell you what to do with your node. And yeah, there may be some risks involved. Let's talk about those risks and actually the limitations of how much risk there actually is up front. And then let's exert our sovereignty and manage our resources for ourselves. And let's decide what goes in our mempool and what we do with blocks and transactions that we have. And for some reason, Core is terrified of that. I suspect it's because they are absolutists about consensus and chain state and view the possibility, introducing it at all, that there will be uh, issues for you and your node and slipping consensus and not a hardened, tested, battle-proven uh, set of patches against Bitcoin Core. That, that scares the shit out of them. They don't want See, it. they're just opening themselves to more dynamic attacks by taking that rigorous road. And this might be one of them. So if you want to box yourself in, fine. But guess what? People are going to play games and you're going to be losing. Yeah, well, it's inevitable. Malicious or, or benevolent, and this is certainly benevolent, giving people more tools with which to manage their mempool is just an empowerment of users, whether they use that power to hurt themselves or not. Yeah, and it's, it's not a consensus rule, right? It's just, no, it's, it's your just node like... resource rules. Yeah, so, and if these do cause network splits, then it's done in an unmalicious way. It's done in a kind of, oh, uh, a discovery kind of good faith way. So maybe it's a good thing if there is some kind of uh, extreme effect, then we find out. I think the wor one of the worst cases we've seen of this actually happen was the BTCD verification issue of the Taproot multisig. Right. We saw those nodes completely fail. They were unable to continue validating from that point onwards. Uh, thankfully, they didn't continue running and misvalidating things or get on the wrong chain, which could have happened. But that's the limit, basically, of how bad things can be. And how bad were things on a network where you have to be online and on the right chain and watching the blockchain to not get fucking robbed? There were no incidents that I'm aware of, and everybody managed to get through the issue despite it being very dramatic. So that's the worst case. Speaking of that yeah. issue, I wonder what Barack's issue, like what his take on all of this is, because I wonder how, like, I, I would think he would be seeing a lot of angles here and wanting to play in all of them because that's his style. Have we heard from him? And maybe we should reach out and ask him what his take on that is. I don't hear from anybody. People don't talk to me. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know who Barack is, right? He's the guy who... Kind of, of course, I know yeah. who, who is him. In fact, he gave me the idea that uh, what Luke was doing uh, made sense because when he mined the four megabyte uh, picture, he didn't even pay a fee. And I was left wondering how the fuck did he manage to send a, a transaction that is so big that it's taking a whole block and the fucker didn't even pay a fee. And then I learned about uh, off-band uh, communication channels with uh, miners and such and realized, well, uh, Luke's patch, uh, it's uh, basically that, introducing a rule like the zero fee rule. And it's exactly the same. It could be mitigated this way. So yeah. Yeah, anybody can go around it by paying out of band as people are calling it now. We used to... Um be really common we'd call it transaction accelerating <laughs> and there were transaction accelerators everywhere where if you know there was congestion or something or you really need to get confirmed right now you'd pay out of band 
and they but I guess this this would this was uh, before uh, replaced by fee was common I imagine I imagine yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, one last thing I, I kind of want to bring up is Marcellus how do you feel about uh, Bitcoin magazine jumping into this stuff and how do you feel about them hosting uh, Udi on stage for the coming conference uh, I decline from comment. I mean, they can do whatever <laughs> they want. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's okay, it. Marcellus. I commented plenty. I had many things. Said? Oh, I said that uh, Bitcoin Magazine is a misnomer. It's Shitcoin Magazine. And it <laughs> has gone through this reputation cyclically for many, many, many years where it sometimes provides quality bitcoin content but most often doesn't it provides misleading content it provides shitcoin encouraging content it enables itself to sponsor and be promoted by scammers and it provides platforms for those scammers and we see this over and over through parties the sec has repeatedly had to go after like fucking floyd mayweather and kim kardashian platforms there we see them themselves lose millions of their own dollars on uh shit that they you know the celsius's and the block fives of the world that they're recommending to people we don't see them make high quality bitcoin financial decisions for themselves we see them promote scams and traffic and clickbait so i don't think that they deserve our attention and this is just more of the same yeah, I agree with all this, but uh, I also think that in the end, even if they have Bitcoin in its name and they have a large following, they don't have anything to do with Bitcoin. And if they are a, a bad actor, it, they will be purged out uh, eventually. So, yeah. I mean, we can prevent anyone from doing whatever the fuck they want. So, so it becomes but, like, yeah, I, I, absolutely, if we can't prevent them from doing what they want, Marcellus, then we have to socially discourage it. We have to like, condemn them publicly. We have to let people know these are terrible resources and we have to quit linking to them. Yeah, okay, sure, sure. Uh, I agree with that completely. Yeah, boycott Bitcoin magazine. They can eat my dick. <laughs> <That's what laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> Love it. Love to hear it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you guys want to go anywhere else with this, Marcellus? You got anything you want to plug? Anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. We've covered uh, everything, I believe. Uh, yeah, nothing much. Uh, you can follow me, me on Twitter when where you will see me shitposting a lot. <laughs> I don't think you, you are in Twitter, right, uh, Mr. Nom? No, I'm not. Okay, like if it is your representative yeah. there, then... Yeah, I'm his okay. filter. <laughs> nice. He gets all the quality Twitter conversations and none of the bullshit. I mean, it's not about the strategy at all. <laughs> we eat uh, a lot of shit for being there too. Yeah. Yeah, my mouth's full of shit over here. I don't need any nuts. That was a really good guys. talk. Thanks for um, giving your perspective here, Marcellus. It's been a fun uh, talk. Thank you to you to, uh, for inviting me. Yeah, uh, come back to someday. Talk to you soon. Yeah, okay, come I back will. and give us an update. And know whether the people here agree with disrespecting org rules or not. There is an entire community here that backs your right to publish the code and decide for yourself whether or not you want to and run those patches. You are not alone out there. We're behind you. Right, right. Thank you. Uh, this is all that it's about. I mean, I'm not forcing anyone to run these patches either. I just want to make them available and to people be able to make the decision by themselves. 
man, we see that and we appreciate it. I know a lot of people here are happy to run it. I'm hey. running it. So I will be going. <laughs> All right, Masalas, have a See you. One. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Bye. We're just knocking them out of the park today. <laughs> are we? I think blur. so. I think so. We got your uh, one last topic, and it's kind of your your if you want to go. Oh, down we'll to save it for next time. Next We're time, going for an okay. hour. And no worries. We don't have to do everything. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Noam, do you want to say anything in closing? It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm man. so glad that we're back to doing these. I love these conversations. And sometimes I forget how much I miss them until I'm back here having them. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll have maybe an after party of non-recorded stuff. Cheers. Ooh, after party. I like the after party. <laughs>